0: You know, we've been, um, for the last uh, several weeks, we've been doing a spiritual health check. Um, you know, we started with the heart and asked the question about what's our first love. Um, we, we looked at our heads. You know, are we growing our mind? Are we in the Word? Uh, we looked at our eyes. Our, our, what's our vision? Are we following the Lord's vision for our life? We looked at our ears and asked the question, who are, who are we allowing to speak into our lives? Uh, we looked at our mouth and we talked about, are we speaking words of life to others? Uh, we looked at our hands. What are we actually doing? Are we following the will of God? Uh, last week, we looked at the funny bone and we, we asked, you know, is there joy in our life? And today's is going to be a little different. I've joked with a couple people today. When I, when I um, you know, I, I mentioned we did this sermon series years ago, and uh, we're actually going to add piece to it, but when I knew this one was coming up, and I just dreaded it when I first thought about it. And um, I actually started looking at this one about a month ago, thinking there's got to be a better way to do this one. I don't know this one. Um, but, you know, as I as I prayed about it, and, and really as I thought about it, um, this is a, a huge topic
1: within the church. Um, this is a big deal.
0: And this is an area where we think we should have an understanding of it,
1: but we really don't. We really don't. So today's uh topic is the libido.
0: Um now I know when, when we mention that, when we talk about that, you think we're gonna talk about sex. Um and our society has a fascination about sex, don't they? Okay? Um and just think about. The, the media that we see, the movies
1: that we watch, the TV shows that we watch—it's um, all focused around um, sex.
0: Um, ben came home last uh, last night, and uh, we were flipping through Netflix, and Bridget Dunn, whatever it is, is on. Thank you. And he asked me, he goes, "What's you know?" Uh, his his girlfriend asked or mentioned that to him, and said, "He goes, what's that about?" And I go, well, it's kind of like Jane Austen meets, I don't know, porn. And, and, um, and, and you know, my daughter's shaking her head at me now. It's not that bad. But, but it's just this, this fixation on, on sex. And, and here's the interesting thing. As we dig down on that, as we start asking questions like, why do we do that? It usually comes down to one thing. It comes down to one thing in the media we watch. It comes down to one thing in our lives. And that's this question about the need for love. The desire for love in our lives. And this shouldn't be a surprise for us. Because what do we teach? God is love. And we are made in His image. Think about the Genesis story, right? Uh, God creates Adam and and He makes this comment. Man should not be alone. Why? Why? Because we have a desire for companionship. We have a desire to show
1: love and to experience love. That's the picture, right? Two become one flesh. But we know the rest of that story. Sin enters the picture.
0: And that changed everything. In one day, everything shifts. And, and as we live today in, in, in a rain, uh, as sin tends to rain in the world around us,
1: we realize that most human love begins to fail. You know, our experiences of love at best are lack, aren't they? We desire it, but it, it never seems to be as fulfilling. Want it.
0: And no matter what, because of all of that, we all ask the same question.
1: Am I love? Do, do I even deserve love?
0: And, and that question that, that causes us to do things, it, it causes us to move into directions and do things that, that we may not even be proud of. All,
1: all in this goal, just to that need love. You know, I, I, I comment, this is not a comfortable topic that I really wanted
0: to talk about, but when you dial it all down, this is the reality that we all tend to live
1: in. That question always comes down to the same question. Am I love? Am I love? There's an interesting story in, in the book of John
0: that kind of deals a little bit with that issue. That kind of deals with it and asks the question of, of what actually brings fulfillment to us. And it's in John chapter 4. It starts in verse 7 and it goes like this. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Now Jesus' disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. I I just want to comment really quick on there. Jews, the idea of of, um, when we look at Jews and we look at Samaritans, we need to realize that there's division there. And that division goes all the way back to the return from Babylon when they come back from exile. So the Samaritans are the people after the Jews are taken into exile, the Samaritans are the people who come back into the land while the Jews are in exile. And and they take the Jewish religion, the worship of Yahweh, as well as their own religions and kind of mix this whole thing together. So they're, they're kind of following the Jewish religion, but at the same time, they're not. And they are not Jewish. So there's a, a, an ethnic issue there as well. So as the Jews come back, as, as they return from exile, and if you remember this a couple of years ago when we were in Nehemiah and we were in Ezra, and we talked about the conflict that was happening as the return, those who returned from exile were dealing with the people in the land, and should they you know, marry or intermarry with those people and what that all looked like. This division happened between the Samaritans and, and the Jews. And by this time, that division was so great that it was considered unclean to
1: even speak to a Samaritan person. But Jesus is here in a Samaritan village. He's here by himself.
0: A rabbi to talk to a woman by himself would be unheard of, let alone a female
1: Samaritan. This is the picture that we have here.
0: Verse 10.
1: told her, go, call your husband, come back.
0: I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. I love that line. That is like the most,
1: I don't know if that's deflection or what. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied,
0: believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come where true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship the spirit of the truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called the Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us.
1: Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking
0: to the woman. But no one asked, What do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said, Quote,
1: Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Who came out of the past, made their way towards time. This is an interesting story, and we've all heard this story probably many times in the past. I just want to take a moment and just focus on the woman first.
0: It's possible that this woman has has lived through a series of unfortunate events in her life. It's possible uh, that maybe she was widowed several times. It's possible, but extremely unlikely. Notice her response. He told me everything I ever did. This is a woman who has been married and divorced several times and now is living with someone. This is a woman who has been in search of something her entire life and it's never seemed to work out. And there's so many similarities to this picture in our life today. There's this search, this desire to fill something in our lives that is missing. And our culture gives us a lie on how to fill that. They say sex is the principal way to happiness. Don't they? Every movie we see, everything we see, the pinnacle of it, always the goal of it, somehow ends up with sex.
1: We just have sex. Everything comes together. And so we hear this, we see this,
0: and we look at this and we try to apply this into our lives. We're trying to fill something in our life that is missing. I mean... Think about how many women are looking for the perfect man to find some kind of fulfillment or how many men are looking for fulfillment in the conquest of getting the perfect woman. We have this idea, this lie that comes from the, the movies that if we just find the right person, they will fulfill us, they will
1: complete us. Isn't that the great line? Complete But here's the thing. Sex and sexuality without God
0: is an empty shell. When we come together the way we are, it's brokenness meeting brokenness and it can't bring any kind of healing into our life. It can't bring any kind of fulfillment to our hearts. It's like giving a three-year-old a hammer. Everything becomes a nail. And they just pound on it. And our brokenness... We just search for things that we don't understand. Without living water, without that living water that Jesus talks about, we can never be what God has fully designed us to be. You know, picture this story the woman in the story, she's looking for water in the false wells of her life. That's what Jesus is calling out here not that she's looking for water in this well, but in every other aspect of our life, she's been searching for water. And that's what we do. We go looking for living water in the false wells in our life. We look for living water in places where it's not. Some of those wells are sexual. Some of them aren't. We look for living water in our careers. We look for living water in our acquisitions. We look
1: for living water in our relationships. We substitute carnal pleasure for intimacy. Why are we born so big? Our emotional
0: or romantic idea that that we pursue another person or persons expecting them somehow to fulfill this image in our life. this,
1: This need in our life. And it's not necessarily about just sex, other things. Anything that we're looking for to bring that fulfillment, it becomes harmful to us. It becomes dangerous to us. Our emotional dependence on people can become just as
0: dangerous, just as harmful as an illicit sexual affair. Or for others, uh, due to wounding or loneliness, you put up a wall, you shut down, you become sexual, you become incapable of giving or receiving love.
1: That's not how we're designed. That's not how we're designed. See, what's needed
0: is to be filled with the water of God's unfailing love in our hearts and our lives. What's underneath all of this is a lie, not just in our head, but in our hearts, that says, I'm not lovable. I'm not capable of being loved. And if people really knew me, really knew the real me, they would reject me. That's, That's what the voice of the enemy continually tells us. That if someone knew who I really was, I would be rejected. Fortunately, in today's society, social media just reinforces this image of what the perfect life is. Now, in our heads, we know that this is a lie, but in our hearts, our heads and our hearts tend to be a million miles apart. But only by experiencing the power of God's unfailing life or love in our lives
1: can we break that. So, how do we do it?
0: How do we do it? How do we get that living water? Well, Jesus gave the answer right there. It's interesting because this woman brings up a religious argument to Jesus, doesn't she? She falls back on religion. Well, we worship here, they worship there, we go to this church, they go to that church. Who's right? Who's wrong? And Jesus says it's not about religion, it's about something else. Go back to verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 21. Believe a time is coming when you will neither well, you will you worship the Father neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. A time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. They're the kind of worshipers the Father's. Living water comes with who we worship. Now, when I say worship, it's not about like doing a service. Like, if you come to church every day of the week, you will experience God's living water. So, do what I tell you. That's not what this is about. Instead, it's this question of are we living a life of worship? We need to become worshipers in spirit and truth in the depths of our hearts. See, worship has to do with what we love, what we pursue on a day to day basis. You know, it's interesting because we all worship something. We're all driven towards something. And this week on the devotionals, it's interesting because it seems like whenever I've been doing a devotional lately, it comes to the same thing. All the videos that I've made always end up at the same thing, and it's the word idol. I think I've done two videos or three videos all on idolatry. And I'm like, really, Lord? See what everybody else does. Why do I get stuck with idolatry? But idolatry is really what it comes down to. Because it's what we worship. It's what we focus on. It's what we put in God's place to bring us fulfillment. We think when we read the Bible that idolatry is just about bowing down to statues. But we make people idols. We make relationships idols. We make ideas idols. We make our jobs idols. We make money and acquisition idols. See, when we try to find fulfillment in those places, when we try to find fulfillment in someone or something other than Jesus, when we look for fulfillment in only places that God can fulfill we're never satisfied. There's this crazy idea about relationships, about marriage, that somehow some way, your spouse is supposed to complete every
1: aspect of your life,
0: that when the two of you come together, what true love means is that I am fully fulfilled by all my spouse's actions. That she completes me. That she's my soulmate. All of that's a bunch of hooey. Your spouse can never fulfill you. Your your, your boyfriend or girlfriend can never fulfill you. Only God can, can fulfill you. You're asking a person to do something that they were never designed to do. I love my wife. We've been married for almost 32 years. And after 32 years, believe it or not, I still annoy her. We were in bed last night sleeping. And all of a sudden, this voice I heard from the unknown spoke to me and said, get your damn pillow off my face. Okay, she didn't cost. This is marriage, guys. This is reality. I know that, that no matter what I do, I'm going to fall short in this relationship. That I can never do everything that she needs because only Jesus can do that. I can't save her. I can't. Because I'm fallen, I'm a broken person as well. And she can't save me. But when we focus on Christ, when Jesus is the center, when we're looking to Him to bring the fulfillment in those areas of our life that only He can do, it strengthens our marriage. It strengthens our life. I'm sorry for exaggerating. See, instead of running after other people or other things, we need instead to run after Jesus. If we give ourselves to Him in a deep way, we can be reconnected to that
1: that deep love.
0: We know it in our heads, but we need to get it into our hearts. And that's the reality of what a healthy libido looks like in the spiritual sense. It's not about sex. It's about love. It's about experiencing the love of the Father, the love of Jesus
1: in our lives.
0: When we try to fill that emptiness in different ways, all of which are incomplete, they all leave us wanting. It's only when we seek out the maker of love, the one who is love, that we can be truly satisfied. So in our minds, we're thinking, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to impress Jesus to somehow get that love, to get that water? What are the steps that I have to do to to, to dig deep into that well? What does that look like? There are no steps. There's an interesting part of Revelations at the beginning where Jesus um, preaches to the churches. and he, He picks each church and he says something special about the church and gives them a challenge, calls them back to him. And there's one that I think just speaks to us in the West, that, that just nails the church, maybe in America, maybe the entire Western Church. And that's the letter to the church in Laodicea. And Jesus says this in Revelation 3, verse 14. To The angel of the church in Laodicea, I write. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either, one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. We get confused on what this means. I've heard all kinds of different teaching. I'm just going to boil it down really simple to you. I like hot coffee. Some of you are weird. Some of you like iced coffee. I don't get that, but some of you do. You know what the worst thing in the entire world is? So I I drive my daughter to work at 5 a.m. almost every day. I get up, and I make a a, a travel thing. I have these plastic Starbucks cups. They all look the same. And I fill one up with coffee, and I take it with me, and I put it on the And then the next morning when I'm not paying attention, that same cup is there and I grab it and I take a swig out of that. Have you ever had day-old lukewarm coffee? That is absolutely disgusting. I don't care if you like iced coffee or hot coffee. absolutely the Jesus is looking at them and He's saying, you're not hot, you're not cold. You're just... You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire so that you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve
1: to put on your eyes so that you can see. We have everything we want. Everything we need, we we can acquire. The Western church has more money than it knows what to do. Western Christians, even poor Christians, are still better off than 90% of the poor of this world. Those who I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. They Jesus is knocking. No matter where we are in our lives, no matter what the past has been, no matter what we've done, Jesus is knocking. God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. Jesus is knocking. He's knocking at the doors of our life. He's offering a love that will bring fulfillment He's offering a love that will bring healing into our lives. He's offering living water, just like he offered to the woman
0: at the well. The story is interesting at the end. The woman in the well, the whole village
1: gets saved. The whole village. Jesus is knocking at the door. Are we willing to open it? Stand. Lord Jesus, we just welcome you here. Holy Spirit.
0: Lord, we come before you this morning, a broken people.
1: We come before you this morning, just incomplete. Lord, we desire to be filled with your living life. We desire to be healed by your bonds. many of us, we've focused on all
0: the wrong things. We've searched after all the wrong things just to bring fulfillment, to bring love into our lives. But for some of us, the enemy has just been speaking so loud into our lives. We feel that we are unworthy. We feel that that we are unlovable. We feel that that no matter what, there's no hope for us. The enemy has has sold us of lies. So we just come right now. We just break that in Jesus' name. The enemy is speaking into your life right now and telling you, you are not lovable. You are not, there is no hope. We just break that in Jesus' name and we say no. The enemy has spoken death. We break it and we just speak life right now in Jesus' name where the enemy has sown seeds seeds of hopelessness, we just break it right now in Jesus' name and we speak life, we speak faith, we speak hope. Lord, let Your healing come into our lives. Lord, allow us to experience Your living water. Lord, as, as we are on this journey towards Easter, Lord, allow us to begin to turn our lives towards You. Lord, show us what it means to worship in spirit and truth. Show us what it means to live a life of worship. Lord, allow us to experience the fullness of Your love. Pour it out. Lord, we break off a spirit of anxiety. We break off a spirit of
1: oppression.
0: We just break that stuff off. Of Jesus, We say, no more. No more. Now, Lord, let your Holy Spirit just come. Let it rest upon us. Lord, let it bring healing into our lives. Let it bring fulfillment into our lives. Lord, where the enemy has has ransacked our lives, Father, we just ask you to come right now. Just begin to bring healing, begin to bring peace, begin to bring mercy
1: and grace.
0: Lord, where the enemy has called caused separation, where it is called division. Father, we ask that your healing come, Lord, begin to mend those ties that have been broken. I just want to invite you, if the Lord is just speaking to you today, we'd love to pray for you before we dismiss. I don't care who you are, this is the lie that the enemy uses the most that you are unloved, you are unlovable, you are worthless, you are hopeless. That is a lie from the pit of hell. For God so loved you that He was willing to give His Son for you.
1: Even when we weren't worthy, God so loved us Give us If you
0: feel you need prayer, please feel free to come up. If you've never experienced that love of Jesus, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, today's the day. It's just a simple prayer. Just invite him.
1: Pray, Lord, I just invite you to come into my life.
0: Come into my
1: life. I want to follow you. Give me
0: for all the things that I've done to separate my life from your life.
1: Jesus. You Give me a song. We're going to do a final song, I guess. You need prayer.
0: Maybe not. If you need prayer, just come up. We'd love to pray for you. Don't go home unless you get prayer. You Otherwise, may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever He may send you. May He guide you in the wilderness. May He protect you in the storm. May He bring you home rejoicing to the wonders that He's shown you. May He bring you home rejoicing once again into our lives.
1: Come and get prayer. Otherwise, we'll see you all.